Praise God. Please turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. We will conclude our series, Living Separate to the World, today. I want to begin in verse 15. Read through to verse 17 for one last time. <laughs> the Apostle John writes there, he says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. I want you to notice again that he categorizes everything that is in the world under these three things. And then he says, and the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Now, remember again that was the verse that everything in the previous verses hinged on. The reason why he says, do not love the world. The reason why he says, don't get attached to any of the things in the world. Amen? And then goes and identify, identifies what all those things are. He says, because the world is passing away. So he, he knew for a fact from Revelation, remember his vision in heaven, that, he's, that he saw that Babylon was falling, and that's the whole Babylonian system. Amen? And so he understood that he saw firsthand how it was all going to be wiped away. Everything that people held dear down here was not going to exist one day. Amen? And all the systems. And so he says, listen... Everything that you devoted yourself to, everything that you held dear, will no longer exist. But he says there's one thing that will continue on. Because he was in heaven, he realized that anybody that does the will of God, those things will continue on and live on forever. Amen? And so will you, obviously. That's why he says, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Can I just say, this is not just you that will abide, all your works will abide as well. Amen? Everything that you did as unto the Lord down here is recorded. Isn't that incredible? Alright? It's all written down up there. Every little good deed that you do is written up there. You go, well, oh, does that mean all my bad deeds? No. There's a big eraser called First John 1, 9. That, <laughs> you know, I reckon there's people that's going to have, you know, writing here and then a huge blank space and then more writing and then another huge blank space. And somebody's going to say, what are all the blank spaces? That's when they messed up. How come nothing's written? That's when they, that's when they repented. The big eraser came out and took it out. Isn't that wonderful? See, you will not be remembered for anything bad that you do. As long as you confess or acknowledge your sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Amen? Cleanse you from all unrighteousness means that you are returned to a place of perfect righteousness. Hallelujah. And I think that's really important. In his commentary, Colin G. Cruz says, Using a present tense form of the verb to pass away, the author depicts the world's passing as an ongoing process. In other words, he's saying there is no future in worldliness. Interesting comment, I thought. Of course, this does not mean that we cannot and should not make use of what's in the world. Since Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 16, he says, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So many people stop there. So many people say, See, we're just sheep in the midst of wolves. Uh, keep reading, <laughs> okay? It goes on to say, Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. See, we are meant to be smart. Amen? And the reason that we are, we are uh, akin to sheep is because, remember, Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice. 
Are you all here? Amen? And um, what he wants us to know is even though we are meant to be harmless, that doesn't mean that we're meant to be stupid. Amen? All right. In fact, in terms of making the most of the world and its systems, the Apostle Paul gives us some excellent advice when he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 31, now I'm going to read from the New Living Translation, because I think it's outstanding. Listen to these words. He says, those in frequent contact with the things of the world, stop for a minute, who would that be? All the people out there working. Can you all, okay. In your mind, you're putting your hand up, okay. <laughs> right? I, I want you to acknowledge yourself here, because if you acknowledge yourself here, then you will see the tremendous advice he's about to give and take it to heart. He says, for those in frequent contact with the things of the world should make good use of them. What? But, but, but pastor, you said to, to separate yourself from the world. Yes, we are in the world, but we're not of the world. See, we aren't meant to become a slave to the things in the world, but bless God, use them to the max. You know, everything that's down here, God wanted to bless us with. Just because the devil takes it and uses it in the wrong way doesn't mean that we know we, we see something that has been used the wrong way and say, well, that's an unclean thing. I'm not touching it. That is stupid. You know, like people, people used to uh, <laughs> just remember this pastor saying, well, I'm not going to take money from this particular person because I know that, you know, that for some reason they were doing some kind of work that this pastor didn't agree with. Okay, can we just say that? All right. And he said, well, it's tainted money. <laughs> okay, and this other pastor said, well, I'll take it, because the only thing about tainted money is they taint enough of it, <laughs> okay, and see, the thing is, the money is either blessed or not, based on what you do with it, amen, not where it came from, now listen, if you know it's something really bad, and okay, that's something different, all right, but the, the way that people judge other people, about their jobs and everything else. That's not God. Are you all here? Amen. And besides, it's none of your business, okay? If you think there's something wrong there, pray for them. Don't complain. Hallelujah. And it said that the wealth of the sinner will be laid up for the just. How do you think it's going to come? Notice the wealth of the sinner, not the wealth of the saint. Amen. And there's a whole sermon in that. I'm not going to go down that road today. All right. But let me continue on. He says, those in frequent contact with the things of the world should make good use of them, listen, without becoming attached to them, for this world and all it contains will pass away. See, the Apostle Paul says the same thing. He says, I know it's going, but make use of it while it's here. And don't get attached to it. I think that is the key thing here, that if so many people, you know, they start out and God bless, let's say God blesses you with something, okay? Some kind of a job or something or whatever. And, and so what happens is they thank God for it. And then after that, they forget, they forget God over it. And then they continue on. And, you know, they don't do all the right things. And, and they just move on. And, you know, somewhere down the line, they are a slave to that whatever it is. Okay, I, I won't put a title on it because you can put whatever you want. And they become a slave to something that God blessed them with. And now they're no longer worshiping God. Now they don't have time to worship God for whatever reason. Whether it might be a time thing or a focus thing. You know, where they're just so focused on what, you know, the, the blessing that they've received. It's like, let, let me give you one example that I think won't hit anybody. 
Because I want to be nice to you. You brave the weather you got here. Okay, <laughs> all right. You know, I, there was this, this couple that they were praying for a boat. All right. And so the pastor said, okay, come on up. I don't think anybody has a boat here. Okay, all right, okay. And, uh, oh, you got one? Uh, nuts. No, okay, all right, okay. We're safe, we're safe. And uh, so the pastor said, sure, you know, uh, let's pray over it. And needless to say, God answered the prayer. And they, they, you know, they got a boat. And then, you know, week after week after week, he's looking in the congregation. They're not there anymore. So he called him up and said, uh, are you guys okay? Have you been on vacation? Are you not being well? You know, you know he's, he's weeks, okay? And uh, they said, oh, no, Pastor. Remember how you prayed for the boat? And he said, yes, I remember the boat. And he goes, oh, yeah, thank you so much. We got it. And, you know, the best days to sail is on Sunday. <laughs> so they said, you know, so thanks so very much for that hang up. So you know what I'm trying to say? Amen. All right. Okay. All right. Let's continue, shall we? I have Marshall writes, many people are tempted to live for the moment. Hello. To conform to the way of life of a material world. To hope that there will be no judgment. These guys in the boat, obviously, will be thinking, hang on a second. If God is blessing you, what are you meant to be to others? A blessing. Maybe they're not all your houses. You know, okay? Maybe they're meant to be for someone else. You're just hoarding them all up. Amen. And people don't think that way. Do you know why? Because so much of it has been preached that, oh, you know, believe, receive, and it's all yours, and keep it. Hang on to it, baby. Okay? It's got your name on it. Amen. And so there's, there, you know, that's what they're talking about here. And, and you know, again, when, when we talk about things like this, so many people get caught up in that trap. Of, of material things and wanting to hang on to things and, and using them as a status. And we need to be really careful of that. Amen? You know, the person, the, the person that is big in God's eyes isn't the person with the big house, but with the big heart. Amen? Amen. Okay. Let's continue on. So, if you've got comfortable things and you're there, I'm not asking you to, you know, uh, give any of that up. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Just watch out for... The only thing that the Bible always warns us about is covetousness. Do you hear me? Okay, where you, you know, you don't have things anymore. Things have you. And we have to be so careful that that never happens. Amen? Amen. Okay, moving on. So, this brings us... To the latter half of 1 John 2.17, where the Apostle John says, He who does the will of God abides forever. Simon J. Kissimaka writes, What a contrast. The person who loves the world soon passes away. But the man who does the will of God lives forever. Now this is brought out clearly in uh, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 25, where it says, As the whirlwind passes, so is the wicked no more, but the righteous is an everlasting foundation. Notice, the wicked, it's like a whirlwind. And you know, that's really, so many people that just rise up to the top also fall on the other side. You know, and because of the way we look at life and we, the way we measure time, you know, when we look at history, you know, it might say, well, this person rose, you know, for about five or six years and then they just fell and whatever. Or, you know, this person rose for about 10 years and then suddenly they were gone and, you know, bad things before, befell them. But for the people that are living in that time, 10 years is a long time. Are you all with me? You know, for, for them, it just seems like, oh, wow, look, they got to the top. They did all the wrong things. And, you know, how come they're prospering? How come we're doing all the right things and we're not doing so well? 
And this is how, because we see things, see, God sees things from an eternal viewpoint. He sees this person rising up. He sees them having nothing to show in heaven, if they ever make it to heaven. <laughs> okay? There's that as well. All right? And, you know, and while you are struggling down here and you think, well, you know, how come we are you know, doing without, we're doing the right thing? That's what the previous verses were talking about. That's what it said, do not be attached to those things and understand something that there is a wealth that is waiting for you in heaven. Amen. Remember, and that's one of the things that I pray over you guys. The three blessings every time we, we receive an offering is that the devourer is rebuked, that you receive 30, 60, 100 fold. I always pray for 100. Let's just go for that. <laughs> okay. And also that you have treasure in heaven. See, the reason is always remember whatever you give down here, even if you don't receive it all down here, you know, the 100 fold return down here, there's always treasure waiting for you in heaven that nobody can touch. Do you understand? See, because you give from your heart and because you, you, know, you make Jesus Christ your high priest, He receives it. That is a treasure that Jesus said, you know, moth or rust doesn't corrupt. That stuff is there for you forever. Nobody can hustle you out of it. There's not some shady little guy in heaven, you know, will come up and say, oh, come on, buddy, you know, I got this great investment. None of that stuff's going to happen. Okay? Whatever is up there is yours. It's got your name on it and it is yours forever. You're getting all this? Amen? And we need to remember that. Here the righteous, the, in Proverbs, when it says, but the righteous is, is an everlasting foundation. The righteous are those who do God's will. Obviously. Amen? Okay. And, and let me just say this as well. That's how God accounts you righteous. It's not that you don't smoke, you don't drink, you don't... But, okay? It's none of those things. And, and if you do, you, you, you know, it's not good for you. But, but see, people look at that and say, Oh, that's an unrighteous person. No, that's, no, that's not how God sees righteousness. God sees righteousness as those people that are doing what God asks them to do. Are you all here? And we need to make that distinction because we mix up righteousness with holiness. Do you, do you see, you all know what I'm saying? Okay. And, and sometimes people try to look holy and they're not. <laughs> okay. You know, the more you try to look holy, that's one of those people that they are proud that they're holy and you can't have pride and holiness running together. Okay. I know some use, people use that saying with humility, but it works on holiness as well. All right. And uh, yeah, anyway, I won't give you a story on that. So here the righteousness or the righteous are those who do God's will. And that's why even Jesus made it clear in John chapter 6 and verse 38. He says, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. Isn't that in incredible that Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, he, he put aside His will and He said, I'm going to do God's will. I'm going to do the Father's will. And can I just say this? If Jesus saw it necessary to do the Father's will, when He could have come up with a tremendous plan for himself. Remember at 12 years old in the temple, he astounded all the religious teachers there. Remember he, he had a mind that was so incredible that he was able to teach people. Okay. So, you know, he could have come up with a pretty good plan. Remember, he also had that God ability that he could read all men. He, he knew, he understood every man. It, it tells us in the Bible, which is quite interesting. Which is why when he, I think one of his disciples, he said, I saw you under the, you know, whatever tree. It was a funny tree, you know. <laughs> and he said, oh, you're God. <laughs> okay. And he said, you know, you think that's great. But the time will come when you see, you know, angels ascend and descend and all that, all sorts of amazing things. Anyway, uh, 
we know that he could have come up with a tremendous plan, but even as smart as he was, he understood the importance of following after what God had actually planned. God the Father had actually planned. Amen? And he wanted to show us that even though he could have done, you know, made up a fantastic plan, he decided not to. And we should follow suit. As, as fantastic as you think your plan is, <laughs> I love what somebody once said. They said, you know, make a plan. Okay? Execute the plan. Plan for the plan to go off the rails. Ditch the plan. <laughs> I think so much of the time, that's what happens, you know. So many people say, make a plan, you know, and, and do that plan. And along the way, have you noticed how the plan doesn't always work out? And you think, oh, maybe this wasn't such a great plan. And after a while, this is a terrible plan. Let's get rid of it, start something else. Hello. And, you know, people say, well, he's not committed. No, he's just smart. At least he knew that that was a bad thing. You know, a smart thing to do is get out when you know it's not good. All right. <clears throat> now, let's move on in this as to what abiding forever means. Colin G. Cruz explains, probably the best explanation of what it means to remain uh, forever is to be found in the preaching of Jesus. In the fourth gospel, that's the gospel of John, again and again, Jesus stresses that those who believe in him shall never perish, but shall live and remain forever. Now, one of the best examples of this is found in John chapter 10. Where Jesus says in verse, verses 27 and 28, he says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Notice the things that he sheep, number one, hear his voice. Number two, he says, I know them. I want to contrast this just for a, very, just for a moment with something that he says later on when people come and say, but we cast out demons in your name and we did all of these things in your name. And he said, I never knew you. And then he goes on to, to clarify and he says, you workers of lawlessness. So many people have, have been all, you know, come up to me and said, what if I'm doing stuff and, you know, I'm going to get, and I'm doing things in the name of Jesus and I believe I'm doing it for the Lord. And I get there and he goes, I don't know you. Who are you again? Okay, wait, the I never knew you, part. Okay, you know, and you go, but Lord, it's me. You know, I was, I've been praying and uh, doing all this stuff, and people just get so nervous. I always tell them, can you please read to the end of that verse when it says, "You workers, or those who practice." In fact, it says, "Practice lawlessness," which means that they're not just lawless here and there; they practice it every day of their life. That's one of the best examples is the Pharisees, okay? At one point in time, he said, you are of your father, the devil. See, these are the people that Jesus is talking about. It isn't you, okay? <laughs> you're coming to church, you got saved, you're going. All right? But there are people that come in the name of the Lord. Can I say it a different way? And you might get this. How many times have you heard of wars and things going on in the name of God? And you just sit there and shake your head and go, Wow. If that's what religion is, I don't want any part of it. Hallelujah, neither do I. <laughs> okay? We stay right away from religion for that reason. Because that's what religion does. That's man's idea. And that's man wanting to do things in the name of God to justify themselves and what they're doing. Are you all with me? And you know, I don't want any part of any of that stuff. Because you know, God tells us, don't go kill people. He says, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Not kill them. Amen. So anyway, that's a little something there. So getting back to this, he says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give them, notice he says, I give them eternal life. 
and they shall never perish. You're one of his sheep. Okay, on the inside, you're putting your hand up now. All right, you are one of his sheep. You have eternal life. You're going to heaven. Don't worry. All right, okay. And he says, neither, I love this next part, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Can I say this to you? There are some people that preach out there that, you know, any moment you could lose your salvation. Have you, have you heard that one? So every time, at the end of every service, they recommit and recommit and recommit and recommit and recommit. I mean, dear Lord, they're getting born again every week. Uh, <laughs> can I just say this? Uh, that's not how it works. You know, when you get born again, you're born again. It takes a miracle of God to cause that rebirth to take place. And Je- Jesus says here, basically, once you're saved... Nobody can snatch you out of my hand. The only way that you can get out of his hand is if you decide to jump. (laughs) Okay? Can I give you some advice? Don't jump. Okay? Hang in there. I don't care how bad it is. Stay there. It's safe. Amen? Now things may look like they're falling apart around you. But remember, God said, I'll look after everything. You You just keep your eye on me. Remember Peter? When he was walking on the water? Remember what happened? He started to look around at the storm. And then fear came in and he started to sink. Now remember he was, if Jesus reached out and grabbed his hand, means he was pretty far ways out. Which I reckon, this is probably what happened. He probably got to a certain distance and he realized, I can't swim back that far to the boat. It's it's really stormy out here. And if I go down, we're going down, that's the end of it. Are you all with me? I think he was that far away from the boat. That I think that's the reason why. And I think that's what happens to all of us. You know, we get out of the boat and we're in faith and we start walking. And, you know, some, some people get to a certain point and they suddenly take your eyes off God and they go, Oh my God, what am I doing? And then gurgle, 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 you know, <laughs> okay? And Jesus saying, keep your eyes on me. What began as a miracle needs to end as a miracle. Amen. I have seen this happen in my life so many times. It, it, you know, it just, yeah, anyway. <clears throat> to conclude, Simon J. Kistemaka says, In many sectors of society, <laughs> bribery, theft, and deceit are woven into the fabric of daily life. However, we who have been bought with a price, who are called holy, must keep ourselves unspotted by the world. We are in the world, but not of it. Amen? Before we bring this to a conclusion... I just want to share this. When he says, you know, you are in the world, and which has been brought out here. We're in the world, but we're not of it. Okay? And the, the thing that we need to understand is that we must not get mesmerized by the things in the world. Um, but neither should, you know, remember the Apostle Paul said, I can preach to you for a minute now, okay? Because <laughs> he got all the verses, I can talk to you for a bit. Remember the Apostle Paul said, make the most of the world, what's there, but don't get attached to it. He said that, Okay? And that's something I didn't know. See, I was in a place in my life when once I got saved, I got very saved. <laughs> okay? And so I was like one of those, reli- I became religious, I'm sorry to say. And I became one of those people that I would not touch that, that unclean thing. I think if I preach more of that stuff, there'd be more people here. But you know, anyway. Because <laughs> people are like that, man. That's, that's, how they, that's how they think about religion in their brain. 
you know what I'm saying? Okay. And I, you know, I still remember, and I apologize to dad, but I still remember, you know, dad would say, you know, get up and sing a song, you know, when we have parties and stuff. And I was like, oh, I will not involve myself in those unclean things. And so he's like, oh, come on, come on. So what do I do? I'd start singing a Kenneth Copeland song, you know, he is Jehovah, you know, and everybody's going, who's Jehovah, man? Who's that guy? Do we know that guy? You know, is that, that, that sing person living next to him? Or what? You know, it, it, they, I, that was me. And people thought it was weird, and you know, they just, they just kind of kept me at arm's length, you know? I would too if I was, okay? Because I, I was just that way. I didn't get it. And I didn't understand that there is an anointing on your life. When you are in God, whatever you do, there's an anointing on you. In fact, if you didn't have that anointing, then you couldn't do anything out in the world. You couldn't, you couldn't succeed anywhere in the world doing anything because if it wasn't, you know, a holy, righteous thing, then, you know, you'd just always be thinking God's not going to uh, anoint that or bless that because it's an unrighteous thing. It's an unholy thing. It's an unclean thing. Are you all with me? But, you know, God anoints you to go out in the world and to conquer. How can He do that if, if you are not able to go out into a place? See, that's why the Apostle John, when he said, Greater is He that is in us than He that's in the world, he's saying, Listen, you can be in the world. We, know, we haven't got to that scripture yet, but we'll get there. Okay, you can be in the world and understand that what is in you is greater than what surrounds you. And so you can overcome anything. That's the reason why, you know, all the gifts of the Spirit should be used out in the world. Not in the church, but out there. So that when somebody comes along and offers you a shady deal, or they're about to do something that they shouldn't do, you know. God, the number of times that God has blabbed to me about people, I just, you know, I know stuff before it happens. It isn't because I'm a pastor. It's because I just listen. Because all of that stuff is for all of us. Are you here? And, you know, and he needs you to hear when he says they're about to do something that's not good. And that's not... See, don't turn around at that point and say, Whoa, that's it. You know, I'm, I'm out of here. Wait, wait, wait. Listen for the rest. You know, it's just like verses. We read half a verse and they freak out. Keep reading. Keep hearing. Because he'll say, Now... What you're going to do is this. And he'll give you a brilliant idea. And you'll be dancing out of there. <laughs> okay? So what began as a downer will, will end up as being something that you go, Ooh, this is brilliant. Let's go do that. And can I say, whenever God gives you a plan, he will see it through. You just execute it. He'll see it through. That's the difference between people making plans and God giving you his plan. Amen? Because he, he factors himself into it. And he says, you do this. And you think, God, how is that going to work? He goes, that's my part. You just do it. Watch. <laughs> okay? It's like us turning on a switch. We don't know how all electricity all works. He just says, that thing, flick it up or flick it down. All of this stuff will come on. And we're saying, how does that work? He said, doesn't matter. That's how it works. Just go for it. And everybody goes, whoa, that's amazing. You go, yeah, boys. <laughs> okay? It's amazing how then you get favor. Are you all here? And I was telling you this story, and let me get back to my story and finish it off there. But I was one of those people that was, I had problems with doing anything in the world. And I realized one day that, you know, once I got over my religion, okay, and, and you know, I remember singing a worldly song. And, I, and for the first time, I asked God, is it okay for me to sing this song? And it wasn't a bad word song. There's a lot of songs out there in the world. They're not bad. Okay, they're nice songs. And uh, so I said, you know, what about, you know, 
Is it okay? Should I or shouldn't I? Thank God I asked. And he said, go right ahead. I almost fell off my chair. I thought, really? He said, yep. He said, don't you understand? This is the only time somebody might ever get any kind of God in them. Because he said, I will anoint a secular song. So that when people, this has happened, by the way, not to me, but somebody in this, you know, to someone in this church. They went out there, they sang, the anointing was all over them. And the people in the audience are going, I think we need to go to church. I don't know why we need to go to church right now. I really feel to go to church. Can you believe that? Through just any song, they just want to go to church now. Do you get what I'm trying to say? There is an anointing in you. We're going to talk about that in the next couple of verses uh, that the Apostle John is going to go on to. It's quite, quite interesting verses. We're going to be talking about the Antichrist and all sorts of things, all right? Uh, but he says there is an anointing in you that will overcome all of that, that will teach you all things, all right? In other words, it will show you things and let you know things to come. And I began to realize that I can be in the world, but I'm still not of the world, I can sing a worldly song and still be anointed. That's one of the things that pastors have not seen. You know, they, they are concerned, especially in the entertainment industry, they're concerned that, oh no, go, don't go out there and sing, you know, because that's, that's, that's the world out there. You should be only singing gospel songs. How else is the wealth of the sinner ever going to make it into the church? People pay lots of money to come and see singers in the entertainment world. I mean, it's so. have you all tried to buy a ticket for somewhere? I mean, it costs so much money. And they didn't get the under, you know, they didn't have the understanding that release your people. They'll, they'll come back. If you release them, they'll come back. But if you try to hang on to them and you get possessive, then they will detach themselves from you and then you'll never see them again. And then they will get into trouble because they will lose their anointing. The very thing that caused people to see them and go, wow, there's something about you that we like will be gone. Are you all here? And then they'll start doing things that they shouldn't be doing to keep that success going. It's really sad. So, you know, with, <laughs> that's why with this church, it's like, hey man, you got a voice, go sing. We'll pray over you, we'll anoint you. Just remember where it's coming from and come back. Are you all here? And that's what should ha- be happening in the church. Amen. And the wealth of the sinner will be laid up for the just because they'll tithe. Hallelujah. You know, and a tithe of a million bucks is pretty good. Amen. <laughs> okay. Are you here? All right. So that's one of the things that we, you know, we need to understand as we leave this series, as we finish this series. Understand that we are in the world, but we're not of the world. Understand that we can be in the world. We can use all of its resources, but never get under it. Never get attached to it. Don't ever get to the place where it becomes your God. Because Jesus said, you can't serve God and money. Because that's what it really comes down to. Amen? And if we know that, then we will keep ourselves separate from those things. And then we will not be influenced by any of it. We will rise above it. We will overcome it. Which is what the Apostle John is leading up to in 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5, when he will go on to say, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Then he asks the question, Who is he that overcomes the world? That's the she's as well. But he or she who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. That means every single one of you that's born again have the ability to overcome everything that is around you. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's conclude there for today. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, Father, for all the things.